0: Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hey, everyone. I am so glad you are here. In fact, I really just want to take a minute to say how much I appreciate all of you. Mothers of Misfits would not be possible without all of you faithfully coming on to listen. And actually, because of you being part of the mom community, We consistently rank in the top 150 podcasts in all of the U.S. for the kids and family category. That's incredible. So I really appreciate all of you guys. And today is going to be another incredible conversation with another mom. Her name is Tori Micus. She's a stay-at-home mom and a writer-creator of the Politics of Parenting blog. She is a self-described outspoken mom of three who's very passionate about education and writing on the stay-at-home mom perspective of all things from politics to parenting. Thanks for coming on, Tori. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. you have a blast when we talk. I think you just have this contagiously energetic personality. So we're going to have a good conversation, even though it's on tough stuff. It is. It is. Yeah, but I think right now everybody's feeling a little raw around this topic of schooling, particularly virtual schooling. So tell us about the schooling situation in your household right now.
1: So right now we are virtual learning. So I have a second grader who is really, really struggling, and he is really who I even wrote this whole article for. He's home with me. And then my daughter's in first grade and she's doing virtual learning. And then my youngest, who's four, is off to preschool with his little mask on. And he's out of the house for a couple hours every day.
0: Those couple hours really help.
1: Oh, my God. (laughs) I love those couple hours. (laughs) Yeah. They all
0: count every minute of it. Yeah. So as you just mentioned, this article, you wrote an open letter about the struggles of virtual schooling, and you posted it on your social media page. Mm -hmm. It got a lot of attention, even garnering interest from Good Morning America. Yes, yes. And this all stemmed from a conversation you had with your son. So can you take
1: us back to that moment
0: where it all started?
1: Yeah, Ace, again, he's in second grade and he loves school and he's, every mom thinks their son is so bright, but he is very bright, loves school, does really, really well at school. Virtual learning has not been great for him. He has really struggled emotionally, frustrated, feels that he's, you know, failing. And as a mom, that's heartbreaking to see. And I was, you know, doing the whole mom coaching. It's going to be okay. You know, we're going to get through this together. And he kind of looked at me and said, Well, what are you going to do to get me back in school? And I was like, Well, I don't know, but I know I can write. I love to write. That's my passion. And I'm very, very honest when I write. And this was my solution. And I didn't think it would get to millions of people, but it has. And it was really nice to feel that I wasn't alone in this. Sure. And I think you gave a voice to a lot of other
0: people who felt alone in this, Yeah, which is why it got so much interest. And it really has. It has um, spread like wildfire on social media. That's how I learned about you. And I know you post a lot of funny, you know, humorous <laughs> content, but this one was serious. So you've agreed to read that letter to all of us. So yeah. would you go
1: ahead and do just that? I will. Dear school administration, board members, or decision makers, it has been a few weeks of this virtual learning, and I'm here to tell you it is not working, and we are not okay. I know, I know, I know you're doing the best you can, Right wrong. Most of us do not feel we're even being heard, let alone doing the best you can. Have you experienced virtual learning, like really sat in a home with families struggling to make this work? Have you witnessed the meltdowns of both students and parents, the fights and frustrations of not understanding the day's agenda or math lessons or technology failures, the onset depression kids are experiencing due to sitting all day alone? Have you sat in the home of families of multiple kids only to see every child eat lunch alone, have recess alone, have snack alone. It is absolutely heartbreaking, and I feel held hostage in my own home. I cannot take my kids on a bike ride or to the park for recess or on a picnic for lunch because every child has a unique schedule. Help me understand why all families are expected to be flexible with virtual learning, yet we cannot have a one-hour lunch break school-wide. If you have not witnessed this, then I beg you to stop telling us that you understand and start listening. Parents know what is best for their children, and we are going to fight to make things right. Children belong in school together every day. Virtual learning was supposed to be an option to families that felt unsafe re-entering schools, and as this can remain an option, live, in-person education is the only option for many of us. Parents are not meant to be teachers, social workers, and principals in our own homes. Teachers are not supposed to work twice as hard to make half the difference with the same pay. Let me say that again. Teachers are working twice as hard to make half the difference for the same pay. Let that sink in because if you truly feel that children are getting the same education virtually as they would in person, you do not deserve a seat on that board and should immediately be banned from working in the education system. Stores are open, daycares are open, restaurants are open. The fact that schools remain closed is baffling. I mean, are you aware that preschools are open? These little boys and girls all look absolutely adorable with their Paw Patrol and dinosaur mask. But I must ask, have you been around many three or four-year-olds lately? Because they are the most disgusting little humans out there. Three and four-year-olds will literally put their hand down their pants to scratch themselves right before giving high fives. Their sleeves and now mask, double as Kleenex. They'll pick the gum off The bottom of a picnic table and chew it and then share it with a friend to try as well. They're gross. Adorable and hilarious, but gross. And yet they are in school, and to all of your surprise, they're doing just fine. Great, actually. Preschoolers and daycare children are doing just great. If preschoolers can manage, I think you need to have a bit more confidence in our older children as well. Because regardless of your intentions with virtual learning, it is not working. And again, we are not okay. Families are not okay. We are not okay with watching our children's education progress regress rather than improve. We are not okay listening to our middle school students spend their 60-minute lessons listening to a teacher tell other students to put a shirt on or to stop with the profanity or to simply watch their entire Zoom lesson freeze and lose the entire day's worth of instruction. We are not okay hearing our kids calling themselves stupid when they do not understand something. We are not okay trying to tell our young children they must be quiet because their siblings are in class. We are not okay with asynchronous learning days. Kids don't learn that way. We are not okay seeing children in the class list that don't show up for a single Zoom, scared for that child. We are not okay knowing that school is, for many children, the only place they are given love or food or friendship, and yet we have taken that safe place away. We are not okay watching our kindergarten students cry at a computer for hours at a time because struggling to type something as simple as their name makes them feel like they're failing when typing shouldn't even be part of their daily routine. We are not okay watching our juniors miss their ACT and SAT test preps. We are not okay watching our children with IEPs and 504 plans not receive their accommodations. We are not okay watching our seniors start their years at home when this should be their time to be the kings and queens of the hallways they've walked for the past three years, or the fact that their 2020-2021 yearbooks will be empty of fall memories. We are not okay with our children losing their social and emotional health over fear of a virus, and I am 100% not okay with anyone that has not been in a classroom for the past 10 years telling my family what is best for their education or telling my district teachers what is best. Teachers know what is best. Mothers know what is best. Any person that is not a teacher should never have the authority to tell teachers what they should be doing when they have never even walked a day in their shoes. You have no idea what teachers are actually trying to accomplish every single day and the struggles virtual learning brings on. Have you ever tried to teach a child how to hold a pencil properly via Zoom? No? How about correcting letter formation on worksheets you cannot even collect? Did you expect children to enjoy watching their teachers perform experiments in science rather than getting to participate? Or did you not understand that would bring on full frustrations and resentment of their classwork? Did you realize that students that once loved school cry each morning, absolutely hating their new normal? Was this part of the plan? Did you think of the consequences virtual learning would bring? I am begging you to listen. Put kids back in school, end 2020 as normally as it possibly can be. Listen to your teachers, listen to your families. Put your political agendas aside. Let our personal physicians decide what is best for our health while you do your job and do what is best for your district. And in those final decision moments, if you are on the fence, just remember, we are not okay. Teachers are not okay.
0: Wow. So Tori, you really put yourself out there. And I admire you for that because you wrote that knowing it wasn't going to have all positive reception. Right. So let's talk about that. What kind of reaction have you received to your letter?
1: Oh, my gosh. I Honestly, I haven't even read probably half of the comments because I had to kind of stop looking. I will say majority of them had been times that have made me cry of teachers or families or other mothers saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for being able to put into words how I feel. And thank you for not making me feel alone. And I can cry right now even thinking about that because that's what this is all about. I've had hate too, you know, because there are people that say, you know, sending kids to school is like a death sentence. There's some statements that say, I just too lazy to be a parent and I want daycare, you know, so it's gone on both sides. But I will say the majority has really been pretty positive.
0: Teachers in particular are actually going out of their way to
1: say, yeah, like cheering you on, right? I had a teacher email me that her mother-in-law is teaching her kids at home in the kitchen table while she's upstairs Teaching her second grade class, and she comes out on her lunch, and she's crying. You know, she's failing as a mother. She feels like she's failing as a teacher, and you know, a lot of people are putting blames on their teachers. The teachers are doing the very best they can, and the teachers are struggling just as much as we are.
0: Yeah, a few weeks back, we had Kristen Weaver on, and she's a teacher and a mom, and. She was just beside herself with how to make it all work. She talks about her students as being some of her kids and she cares about them too. And like you addressed in the letter, she was worried about them having the kind of education she wants for them and that they deserve. Again, just keeping all the plates spinning. It's it's overwhelming. And you have an elementary education degree. I do. But yet you say that you are not the right person to be teaching your son. I
1: am not. I am not, you know, and you know how kids can be. I'm his mom. I don't know anything, you know. So if I'm teaching him anything to try to help and support, sometimes he thinks I'm calling him stupid or calling him dumb, you know, because I'm just his mom. Or if I say, you're doing great, he kind of says, well, you have to say that, you know. Some kids can do great with their parents and there's always that homeschool option. It's just not right for our family him and I just kind of butt heads and then it brings on a huge frustration level. And, you know, that to me is just the biggest issue. I don't want anything to affect my family life when it's school, you know, where that should be kind of our happy, safe place.
0: Mm -hmm. Well said. Absolutely. Because there's no boundaries. Everything's being blurred Mm -hmm. and you're their only social interaction. Like you said, you (laughs) are their lunch partner. You're their recess partner, that's hard. They're not getting those relationships outside of your household. And that's healthy too, to have separation from each other.
1: Right. Right. I've never been the mom that's always with my kids. I'm always happy to let them go play with friends or you want to go to grandma's house. Fantastic. But, you know, over the past, what, six, seven months, you know, The four walls of our home kind of cave in on you. You feel like you can't breathe in it sometimes. And school, we were so looking forward to it. We were going to go back. You know, the district had their plan. We were going back and we were pumped. And then to take that away and say, oh, now we're home. I think it was almost worse because our hopes were up, you know, and that made it a little bit harder.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine the long-term impact emotionally Mm -hmm. that this is going to have on our kids. I don't think that this is going to be a blip in the radar screen. I really think this is going to be a traumatic time, honestly, for a lot of families. I mean, I just had a conversation with someone today and he is quite possibly the most positive person I know. I don't think he ever has bad days, at Mm -hmm. least prior to now. And he said, I grew up with the lesson of if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And he said, I don't have anything to say. He was just so frustrated. And I'm thinking if this is the experience of the most positive, motivated, passionate people, this is just rough. Right. And again, nobody's wanting that to be the case. But I think the reality is for a lot of families, this is not working.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that's definitely a fear a couple of my friends and I have is, you know, their little brains are starting to see little bits of depression and anxiety that weren't there before. And, you know, as a mom, you want to fix it. And to me, the fix is, well, let's get them in school. And I have zero control over that right now. And that's, that's hard to swallow as a mom. When you see a problem, you recognize a problem, let's fix it. But the solution is, you, You can't. You can't do it. You're physically not in control over that fix. And that's very, very hard.
0: On that note, have you gotten a response from school administrators, from any local politicians? Are you hearing anything? Is this moving the needle, so to speak?
1: You would kind of think more than it has. My district personally has a reopened District 300 Facebook page where everybody in the district that wants face-to-face learning is kind of a part of that. And there's been rallies. My letter has been spread all over, but they just voted and they still voted to keep us out of school. It looks like K through three might get a chance to go back, which benefits me, but it's not really going in favor of the majority. Wow. So, And you're 100% virtual. There's no hybrid option where you are? Right. Right. And so that was a lot of people like, well, why did you choose virtual? And we didn't have a choice. We we had a choice in the summer, kind of a survey. Um, every parent got to choose what they preferred. And over 70-something percent preferred face-to-face. And I think because the numbers were so high and social distancing, they weren't sure how they could pull that off. So it went to 100% remote.
0: Yeah, our district, something similar happened. They sent out a survey and 80% of families said, Mm -hmm. we want in person, but they couldn't accommodate it because of the social distancing regulations and everything else. So they they did offer a hybrid option or complete virtual schooling, but the hybrid is only two days in Mm -hmm. and it's it's still really tough for families.
1: And if you're a working family, hybrid options can be almost impossible to do. Right. And there's so
0: many logistics and you might have kids on different schedules. Like you've talked about, my sister actually has printed color-coded Excel spreadsheets so she can just keep track of what each child should be doing at any given moment. And kids at those younger levels aren't old enough to actually manage this for themselves. And she can't be freed up to do anything Physically far apart you know, from them, or even mentally, she can't really leave what's happening because she has to be ready to step in at any time.
1: Mm-hmm. I sent in the letter that you feel held hostage. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just that you're home, but you know, you're doing a load of laundry or you're making dinner or whatever. And it's like, Mom, everybody's frozen and you're running to where they are to figure out, you know, is it technology? You know, my daughter's six. Did she do something? You're never quite sure. So, yeah, you really, you have to maintain a pretty close distance to kind of be aware of what everybody's doing.
0: And you say your husband works long hours, so you you don't really have that tag-teaming ability, right?
1: No, no. And he might not be home until after dinner. So, you know, he's experienced it with me where there's days I'm like, I am not okay. I am not Okay. And then he feels a stress because he's providing for our family, right? So he's giving me this opportunity to be able to stay home, which is fantastic for our family. Thank goodness we have a solid ground in this solid relationship, and we a good respect for each other. Because if we didn't, I can only imagine how that would affect even a marriage. You know, you're stuck mm-hmm. home and you're you can't do anything, and he's gone, and that could be that could be hard.
0: Yeah, I, this is just adding stress and tension to households at uh, just tremendous levels. It's really hard. I I can say spring and summer for our family when we were in deep quarantine and then when my husband and I were both trying to work full time and have our kids home and we did hire someone to come help us with that. But that was one of the most trying times for us as a family. Mm -hmm. It, It just, there wasn't really routine we didn't have those normal structures or relationships. We were all inside of the same four walls and it's just too much of each other. You know, I love my kids. I love my husband. I love my family, but I've come to appreciate how much being apart allows us to enjoy being together. And to your point, when they were here all day, I felt this constant conflict between if I'm not with my kids, but I'm working, I feel guilty about not being with my kids. But when I, I was with my kids, I felt guilty about working and there was this no clear delineation between work and life. And so we didn't have the same quality time. I mean, it, it was this incredible irony because we were together physically all the time, but right. I didn't feel like I was getting the same quality of interaction. And even now, so I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast yet, but we decided that we were just not going to be able to do the hybrid or virtual schooling, because it, it just, like I just described, it was too hard. So we were blessed enough to find a local private school that has full-time five-day instruction. And so we were able to enroll them there. And now that they go to school, when they come home, we are done with our work day. Mm-hmm. And we spend the evenings together. And it's been fantastic. And we're glad to see each right. other.
1: But you don't get that right now. That's hard. Even reading at night, you know, every night we read and they read to us. And now it's a chore, you know, it's like, Mom, you already heard me read at school. And why are you making me do this? You know, rather than it coming from the teacher. And it used to be something that they looked forward to, like, oh, we get to hang out with mom or we're hanging out with dad. And now they don't see it as a bonding time that I've always loved. You know you know how it is. You get your kid in their little jammies and they're reading. Those are like special moments for our family. And for them now to feel like this is a check mark off their to-do list, that's heartbreaking to us because that should be a family moment and a bond and virtual learning is taking that away from us.
0: That breaks my heart. I, I hate that. Like you point out in your letter, these are the fallouts that nobody thought about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, these little things that weren't obvious to come along with the whole package, but they do. There's, there's a lot of little consequences and fallouts throughout our families and our days that are just, ugh, they're tough to take.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In the beginning, I think everybody did try to be positive. You know, we made the word wall. We got their little room set up. You know, it was kind of fun. We went shopping together to get every their desk set up. Well, that was fun for about a week or two. And after that, they're like, when are we going back? And I'm like, I know. Let's keep your fingers crossed. Yeah. Well, and with that
0: latest decision, though, it doesn't sound like that's an The near future for you, at least.
1: No, it will not. And if it is, it'll be a hybrid. I think Mm -hmm. they were talking two days a week from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. You know, it's almost a tease. But at this point, I'm taking anything I can get, you know, so I'll take anything. But unfortunately, it doesn't look, it doesn't look positive.
0: What do you want to have happen?
1: What I would like to have happen is go back to normal. I want five days instruction. I want no mask. I actually did a little video yesterday. My son had to go in to get speech because you know he was supposed to be getting speech in the spring. You know that stopped, so we've been paying privately. But now the schools are getting evaluations and things in. Well, he was petrified to go into his school and see two strangers with mask on with one of those thermometer guns. You know, and to me that just that seems wrong in so many levels that I don't want my son to ever feel scared in school because he can't see somebody's face. So, I mean, I would like back to normal as much as possible. No mask, five days, no social distance. You know, I'm a dreamer at this point. (laughs) (laughs) Well, a girl can dream, right? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So how can people follow you? My website is uh, the politics of And Facebook is probably my go to where it's the politics of parenting.
0: Everybody should go check her out there. Go ahead, follow that page. And Tori, I admire your bravery. You really did put yourself out there in a very big way, knowing that it wasn't all going to come back to you in a good way. So thanks for also coming on here, just sharing your heart for this. And maybe, just
1: maybe, One day we'll get back to that normalcy that you crave. I sure hope so. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been a blast.
0: Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. We also invite you to visit us at MothersOfMisfits.com.